Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys, NetsDaily.com, Almighty Baller. Brian, the Nets are back. Did you hear how smoky that hello was? It was like Scarlett Johansson was on the line. You know what it was like? It was like the it came from the confidence of a man whose team is way above 500, Brian. Because yes. that's what the Brooklyn Nets are at right now. Yes. Um, we were in a world just a, you know, a scant month and a half ago where we were where 500 seemed like a mountain that could never be climbed and look at us now i'm lounging back in a lounge chair not even worried i don't even need to check the nba standings anymore because the nets are are so locked in to the to the leading position within the six seed brian Mm -hmm. um how you feeling man good i'm just googling travion graham i've just been (laughs) noticing you know the the whole consensus so so quick everyone was so quick to change their opinion it's unbelievable i mean Um, we did this last week where we sang your praises so let's not go in too hard on that (laughs) um and it's not like he's like you know setting the world on fire or anything um but you know it's it's uh the the eye test of him being an elite defender stop stop, because here's the thing you're already wrong because he is setting the world on fire brian the world has been set ablaze by Travion Graham. He is the new Glenn Beck. He's the new bl- The Blaze. <coughs> Bless you, Brian. That's how you're allergic to the quality of play that Travion Graham is delivering. By the way, I got an allergy test. Super fun thing to do. If you can do it, do it. Uh, I know what I'm allergic to now, Brian. What is it? You know when I get the uh, every tree in the world? Three month long. Oh, every tree. <laughs> Basically every tree in the world, except for maybe like a cherry tree. Wow. Maybe a cherry tree. I can I can withstand axing one of those down. But if I get near an oak, a birch, oh my grasses, don't even get me started. So where are you grasses, encountering all these bro. trees in New York City? It's just the like three trees on every block out there that's getting you. <laughs> that's yeah. all I need. Yeah. It just knocks me over. <laughs> yeah. Um Trayvon Graham. You know, I do okay, I'm often wrong and on this podcast. I famously, um in my own head famously advocated for the Nets to trade Karis LeVert for Jabari Parker. Totally get it. I like the Bargnani trade. Totally get it. I'm right about Trayvon Graham, man. Y- Yogi Ferrell over, over Spencer Dinwiddie, too. Don't forget. Yeah, but that that was a that was mass mind sort of opinion on that, right? Mm. I think we were all Team Yogi like immediately after that, but now obviously Spencer Dinwiddie is, uh, you know, I saw Yogi all-star. get a little burn on Sacramento the other night, too. Um, so that's, what's great. So we're in a very weird position right now with the Nets is that the Nets are in a five game win streak, Brian, something like that. Mm -hmm. Seven game home winning streak. Um, the Nets are firmly again in that six seed. Um, and they are the hottest team since December 5th. Thank you, Anthony Puccio for pulling that out in your NetsDaily.com article. December 5th, the hottest team in the NBA. That hot streak continued. Yeah. By coming back against the Kings and then winning a squeaker against the Magic. Hey, I have a hot topic for you at the Willowbrook Mall. Um, you want to hear it? Please. So 
well, this is also a little sensitive. Don't want to politicize a bad situation because of Victor Ol- Oladipo apparently has some kind of ruptured quadricep. Um, yes. The Vince McMahon injury um, that sent him back. Um, I don't know. Have you ever seen that? Vince McMahon rushes into the like um, ring at one point and hits his thigh against it while he's trying to like slide in <clears throat> and like, tears his quad. And then he just really? like, does the whole shtick from a sitting position in the corner. Can't, can't move. <laughs> um, so anyways, that's, you know, so, sorry to hear about all the depot, but is it worth talking about where that, what that does for it? Cause now we get to talk about playoff, um, you know, rankings and then who we want to go up against. Does that make it a little bit more attractive to be going against the Tyreek Evans led Indiana Pacers, Mike, off the top of your dome? Absolutely, it does. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. so you know, let's let's all p- like put our brain into different boxes here. Of course, we don't like injuries. Mm-hmm. We get it. You know, all of that. But like, it there's two things that this affects: is the team that the Nets are potentially matched up against in the playoffs, even if they continue to win, um, could be the Pacers. Uh, there's let's say it's probably like a fifty percent chance. You know, just moving around because the Nets aren't going to rise above a five seed at the best and the Pacers are, you know, have a good enough record where they're not going to fall below a five seed. So it's just, there's a decent chance it'll be the Pacers. Not only that, Brian Oladipo was likely to be an all-star, right? He is, and he's a guard mm-hmm. and such a raging conversation around the entire team is whether D'Angelo Russell is going to be an all-star. Um, but like, so I actually did think about obviously like when you saw Oladipo's injury, you think about like okay, how does it affect the Nets? Um, it's so bad, but that's what you do. It's like the Pacers have actually been playing well without Oladipo. Is, Oladipo missed eleven games. It's really funny. Just like the the three things that I went to do after that happened, I found out I went to go pick up Tyreek Evans in fantasy. First thing, smart. <laughs> I looked at uh, the you know, the playoff rankings. And then I uh, quickly thought about the all-star game selection. <laughs> like, I was opportunistic, um, like full throttle opportunism, you know, on, on, it, and the, <laughs> on the heels of that news. But you know what? That was like when we were growing up, I remember like that because the um, sort of like players being more intertwined in our everyday lives through Instagram and Twitter, like there was much more of a, a distance between the player and the fan mm. is that like when a guy got injured one a lot of fan bases used to cheer <laughs> like that would happen especially no, in football really? games well like in football game not basketball necessarily but like is that right this is why you, i don't like, watch football man it's like a it's barbarians over there when like troy aikman would get a concussion against the redskins redskins fans would be very happy my team we would be happy because troy aikman was knocked out of the game literally we know that obviously concussions mean that you're slowly killing yourself you know how how great is that but like so now when an injury happens there's almost no discussion about not the positive benefits but 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 sort of the fallout you know the the team the teams that may see sort of the opportunity because of an injury now like so i don't think i actually don't think the pacers though are like are dead to rights i do think there's they have enough of an infrastructure with tyreek evans your new fantasy friend yeah. That like they're going to be an interesting matchup for the Nets in the playoffs because the Nets are going to the playoffs, Brian. It's it's an assured lock of the century. It's happening right now. The wow. Nets are going to the playoffs, Brian. It's happening. Wow, you just you just jinxed it. As we, as we you heard it live, people. Mike Mike just put a hex on this team. Um, 
Do you want to do D'Angelo Russell do you think, all-star conversation? Do you, or think do, you Travion, do you think Travion Graham is really 225 pounds? There's just no way. I weigh 206 pounds today. There's no way that guy only has 20 pounds on me. Why? You think he's more? Yeah, dude. I think he's like at least 240. He's He's got thick thighs. Ham hocks. I'm, I'm telling you, so he's... It is very interesting how quickly he's gone into Kenny Atkinson's rotation, and it's all because, like, Atkinson's star for defensive players. Just, like, he needs... Because, like, Rondé obviously can play defense, and Rondé got hurt against the Magic, but, like, it's nice to actually have a guy on the bench who is dedicated to defense. Like, at the end of the game against the Magic, because he was in, he had to play defense on Vucevic, on one of the possessions that Vucevic missed the, you know, I think it was like a turnaround, uh, like, little baby hook. That, that he missed at the end of the game. Vucevic was terrible at the end of the game against the Magic. He's like a guy that, you know, I'm. it's funny because as the Nets continue to beat the Magic, they become less likely to be buyers and more likely to be sellers. And, yeah, you don't, you, like, Jared Allen would still be your starting center, but I would take a Vucevic on this team in a second if they could just give up the Knicks second-round pick or something. Like, he would give a nice shot in the arm to like bench units they would be deadly with him and Dinwiddie but um Trayvon Graham's got something he and he's and he's an important position he you know you everyone wants the three and d wing but he is a d wing he is a legitimate d wing who can guard twos and threes and fours um and he guarded you know Vucevic pretty convincingly um all of this though is all happening of course when like D'Angelo's playing the best basketball he's played. Um, are you buying into? So I have a whole sort of like pull out of whether D'Lo will be an All Star. Are you buying the D'Lo is an All Star conversation? Are you interested in that? Do you think it's legitimate? <clears throat> well, you know my stance on the All Star game in general is that I just I I've not cared for a long time, and it's not just because the game is bad. It's just you know I just I, I just I. There's certain kinds of things with pageantry in them that I just can't bring myself to really fully care about. Um, so while I want to preface this with I don't I don't actually I'm bringing myself to talk about this because some people I get it they like it they like those kinds of accolades they like a little um, nod in certain players' directions. So without like having ever paid attention to this and not really knowing the qualifications for it, I think it's likely that he gets that <laughs> he gets that <laughs> that he gets that vote. Um, just based on a few things that you know, I may or may not have heard. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'll just move right along. So the there's like the way you kind of break this down is one. At, so the announcements, the voting has happened. Uh, at least fan voting is has locked. I, I imagine player voting has locked too. Um, but I don't know for sure. There are there are guys that are definitely going to be on the All Star roster in the Eastern Conference. What you need to do is then you kind of read, like, the leading NBA thinkers. Uh, Zach Lowe, Kevin O'Connor, like, all those people who who put out their all-star ballots, the guys they want to put on the team. Okay, so you read through all of them, you see who's on the list. And all of them, none of them have put D'Angelo Russell on the list, but all of them had Victor Oladipo on it, on the team. So, obviously, he will not be on the team. So, that, that leaves a spot open on there sort of to be considered, especially because... It's sort of like Oladipo and Digital Russell are interchangeable in terms of position. Um, but there's a few things I sort of – there's multiple arguments that happen when you're picking out whether a guy should be an all-star. 
it's not just like who are the best 12 players in the Eastern Conference. It's never the way it actually works out. Like, Devin Booker isn't going to be a Western Conference All-Star, but I probably think he is one of the 12 best players in the Western Conference. It's just that the Suns are horrible. So here, here are my, like, sort of four key quadrants to become an all-star beyond sort of just like this guy is the best player okay um one is team success right so when you when you're looking at your all-star ballot you're picking out who which team is doing really well the milwaukee bucks toronto raptors do they deserve more than one all-star so the bucks obviously have Giannis. the raptors obviously have Kawhi leonard so then like okay then who is the second guy that they deserve and right now in the guaranteed locks of guys who are definitely going to be on the all-star team Neither of those teams have a second guy that makes a lot of sense. So those second guys are like Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry. Those are the second guys that could be on the team. Um, then you go to supl- surprise player crowning achievement. So like coach of the year award is always pretty much it's not the best coach. It's typically the coach that had the biggest improvement. That's why Kenny Atkinson is probably your leading contender for coach of the year right now, which is something that we haven't even really talked about, but he is because the Nets are the hottest team in the NBA. They are the greatest success story so far in the league. Dave Yeager had, was like competing for that at one point, but you know the Kings have obviously fallen off a little bit. Uh, so it's Kenny Axel. But in terms of All Star, there is uh, some sort of I- I- incentive to vote for a player who improved, you know, eight points a game or mightily in, di- in a different way over a guy who's just like consistently. They may be at the same level, but they'll typically put in the guy who improves. The third way is recency bias. Who's playing the best in the last 10 games played before uh, the voting ends, right? Recency bias. We don't. We forget who played well in the first 10 games of the season, but we remember who played well in the 10 games prior to the voting. And the last, and this is mine only, but I don't, but maybe no one else picks it up this way. I actually do think the pickup argument, the guys, if you were just drafting the pool of the NBA, if you're drafting a pickup team, who would you want to play with, right? So, like, to me, it's crazy that some people don't put Russell Westbrook on their all-star ballot because if you are if you were breaking up the NBA and saying, I'm going to pick 12 players and 12 players from each conference, Russell Westbrook is a guy who every single player in the NBA is going to pick to be on their team, regardless of, like, he's a ball hog. Of all those arguments, D'Angelo Russell is the absolute number one for recency bias. Out of all the team, all the players that could possibly be the, the last all-star pick, he is the second best in terms of my surprise player crowning achievement. Pascal Siakam is the number one because he's sort of, I mean, he was not a highly you know drafted player. He's developed a long period of time. And then this season, as the Raptors are like kind of changing who they are, he's been phenomenal. Team success... It's interesting because you have two guys on the Raptors and two guys on the Bucks. Maybe they cancel each other out, and the guy who would be next on the list, in my mind, for team success and gets credit for that would be D'Angelo Russell. The Nets are an ascendant team. They're sixth seed in the East. They would not have an all-star at this moment. It would have to be D'Angelo Russell. Do you reward that? And then finally, the pickup argument. That's a little bit tougher. I still say like Lowry would be number one. Chris Middleton would be number two just because of You'd want a guy who can shoot and do all that stuff. But then D'Angelo then is still like right there with Eric Bledsoe. Maybe J.J. Redick if you want shooting. D'Angelo hits all of those quadrants. He's in the top of all of those quadrants or near the top. Um, And then you factor in his play 
that he's a 27 and four guy, um, that he is this great story, a guy who's cast away by the Lakers, banished to Brooklyn, and is now, you know, now the Nets are better than the Lakers. D'Angelo Russell is way better than Lonzo Ball, the guy he was traded away to clear the space for. Um, sort of like this this perfect storm, Brian, is brewing out in the Atlantic Ocean. This Hurricane D'Angelo that will hit the shore, North Carolina, but then proceed into Charlotte, where the All-Star game is going to be, Brian. Do you think, there you go. Do you think Joe Harris is in the three-point contest? <laughs> Would you be? Would you watch? Are you excited for that? Those are, that's that... the like that's the thing I actually do like little key in on I, the the three point contest will do the dunk contest will like occasionally I'll do it every other year it seems like um, yeah and then well, um, but yeah so I, I like it if like you... a nets if a nets dude is on there I'll watch it I don't know if you've seen my 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 belief is that the NBA should not do the dunk contest this year to sort of build or build the uh, anticipation for when Zion is a rookie. Mm, But like, I think like it would be one. I don't even know who's in the dunk. I don't know who will be or who is in the dunk contest this year. To me, there's not like a great, I mean, of course, Zach Levine is the great dunker and Aaron Gordon, very good dunker, but like we've seen them, this rookie class. I'm trying to think through all the names that are going to be out there. Uh, I know like miles bridges is going to be the dunk contest while he is a good dunker. They should just they should do away with it for one year and literally just say we are waiting for Zion. We're waiting for him to be in this thing, and it would be the excitement that like when Vince was in Toronto for the it was Toronto right where he had the epic dunk contest. Um, mm-hmm. It that level of excitement it would be the same for when Zion is wherever the All Star game is next year. Him as a rookie, hopefully healthy, right. Being in that contest, that would be more watched than the All-Star game. If they just said this year, like, just to build the year of promotion. Say, you know what, we're not, we're, it's like how Disney's doing with Star Wars. Actually, we're not going to put out a Star Wars every year. We're going to space it out a little bit more so people get more excited for these. Let's not do the dunk contest this year. No one's that excited for it. Build it up for Zion Williamson when he's on the Knicks uh, because they are so bad. Right. Hot, spicy. Did you see Alonzo arriving to the Lakers game on a cart? Mm-mm. What happened? <laughs> he just the problem with Lonzo is that he really <clears throat> can't help Lonzo can't help befall, yeah, butt backwards into a bad PR move like like arriving to a game on a on a golf cart. It's 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 um it's a very weird time for the Lakers, but I will say I think in a month once like LeBron's coming like very soon, I think in a month you know, they will have won many more games because he'll be playing basketball for them. I think just the conversation is going to be different around them. Like, he's just going to make all that go away. And they'll already become a, like a one-year redemption story from being, like, good to bad to back to good again. And, like, we'll all be singing their praises. Speaking but, of bad PR, did you see your boy Kenneth Fareed in the news? Yeah, give me give me from what you've been reading about Kenneth. Um, so headline on Nets Daily pulled from a <laughs> uh, USA Today um, bit is um, so you know he's he's on the Rockets now. He like had a dunk, was teed up promptly. Um, but anyways, here's what he said. He was uh, in New York against the Knicks and talking to the media. He said this. It's very frustrating. A lot of, we're going to play you when injuries, and a lot of, we're going to play you when in this moment, that moment, Fareed said Tuesday. 
Just tell me when you're going to play me or tell me if you don't want to play me. Tell me if you want me here or not, because I'm a real honest player. I'm going to give you my heart, give you my all, and I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I'm not going to be happy if you keep lying to me and telling me false statements. Um, anyways, so Marx and Atkinson collectively just had like sort of platitudes to say about it, which is expected. Um, but it caused a raucous comment section on the Nets daily boards about how to manage personalities. And, uh, you know, <laughs> some people were very quick to place blame on, on Marks and Atkinson for leading him, um, astray. And others were like, you know, how do you manage a person who's making three times your salary or whatever it is? And, you know, you're giving him platitudes and he's a little bit too, you know, he's not with it enough to pick on the fact that he's being placated. Um, so, you know, what are you supposed to do when you're like, you know, he promised, like, you know, you promised me that I would play and now I didn't. Now I'm angry and I'm going to be continue to be angry. Anyways, I go back to a lot of the things with Kenneth Freed, but I was I was beginning to feel a little bit bad about how I was kind of ripping, ribbing on him for um, only playing garbage time. But after this, I'm I'm I should have been harder on him. I don't like the guy. I think it was an annoying thing to do to, <laughs> to air out the dirty laundry on the way back into town. Um, I don't like that stuff. I don't like people who do that. Okay. Well, and, and so, like, I, I literally had heard Atkinson say out loud that Fareed wasn't going to play that much. He said it publicly to the media. I guarantee he said it to Fareed. Uh, he talked about how, like, when there was injuries, he, Atkinson again, said publicly that Fareed would play, and he ended up playing. It's like this weird situation where I understand completely where Kenneth Fareed comes from. It's probably a very strange thing to have been very good at basketball your entire life, to be a really integral part of the Nuggets, then have that weird one season with the Nuggets, then get a salary dump to the Nets. Uh, Not a a team that Kenneth Reed probably thought that he had to really compete that hard to to be a player on, to play on the court. And then he doesn't play, and he sees like a guy like Travion Graham get, you know, 25 minutes a game. Um, I totally understand that side. I, I, but it's to me, it's obvious, okay? If you're on the Nets and you buy into the system, quote, you know, all the quotes around that, all the big air quotes around that, you're going to play basketball for the Nets. Atkinson plays a lot of guys. Again, perfect example. Travion Graham seems to have bought in immediately to what he wants from Atkinson wants from him. Jared Dudley bought into what the Nets wanted from him, which was a guy who, you know, you shoot only when you're in an open three situation. You set picks and you play, you know, potato sack defense that we love so much. Kenneth Fareed, I can guarantee, did not buy in because he would have played. He would have played. And I'm not saying that, like, he's a bad person because he didn't buy in. He just didn't buy in. And, And it's a clear sign also that, Marks made this move to get rid of him now. Maybe it was amicable. I'm sure it was amicable. I'm sure it was, there wasn't any like big blow up between Kenneth Fareed and the coaching staff. But Marks made a decision, whether it be influenced by Fareed's agent or not, to get rid of Fareed. There's no incentive really for the Nets to pay out Kenneth Fareed. I think they're only they only got like a five hundred thousand dollar discount. On paying him out, something like that. There was like a very yeah, minuscule amount. Four fifty. Okay, so the only incentive for the Nets to have done this is if they don't want him on the team anymore. Again, maybe not a bad person, but just 
Well, he's, they don't he want seems to team. have been a, a proper malcontent. I mean, the, going all the way back to, you know, we've had this conversation. I don't knock anybody for smoking weed. It's definitely a bad look to be 29 years old and being arrested for anything, whether it's weed or not. Like, if you're um, if you're going to do it, you probably shouldn't be like doing it in a car with your buddies at at that age. Um, you got you got fancy houses, just do it there. Um, but that's not the issue. The issue was then, and so afterwards there was a a discussion apparently about um, that that this is reported on um, that uh, where Farida mentioned that um, smoking during the season wouldn't affect his performance. And Kenny's quote during <laughs> in response to that was, "He knows how I feel about it," uh, <laughs> which is like the idea that you're talking about like. Yes, people's perceptions of weed have changed, whatever, that you're talking about, like, carving out time, like, just carve, like, any kind of, like, I'm, like, this this thing is important to me. Just, like, stop. Just stop. Whatever it is, <laughs> just stop having that conversation. It's not worth what you're doing. It just looks dumb. Like, it's just a dumb look. And, and also, it looks like you're not correct in the, like in your, you know, replaying of the, of the conversation. Um, it seems like you were offending people and not knowing it. And so like this, that was just like the first impression and it seemed to have just snowballed from there. Like I can't, re- he was sitting on the bench with his fricking hood zipped up to it. So there just, his nose was sticking out the entire season. Like what, what was that? That was, it's really weird behavior. But what do you think what it means that like, so Marks again, made the decision to let, let Freed go. He's he's I don't know like what signal is he putting out I guess to the rest of the NBA or to agents by saying because most teams would hold on to Fareed's contract just in case they at the deadline have some big trade that they need an expiring of Fareed's level. I mean the Nets cannot trade Fareed's contract anymore. That's dead salary cap space. They're yeah. paying out that money. They can't flip it into anyone. It's not a trade exemption. He's just like Dwight Howard's money and like D- Darren Russell or Darren Williams. They, they could have been way more brutal about it. They could have told him you're not going to play and sit on the bench and there's nothing you can do about it and bugger off. Like they could have been way more uh, offensive to him about it. And, and instead they did. They allowed him to go buy him out, go to a place where he's actually going to get minutes because they're so incredibly injured, like for nothing. It was, you know, a, a it's, it's a fairly benevolent thing to do for a guy in that position. And I'm, it is better for the Nets that that roster spot's open than to have it be wasted on Kenneth Fareed. Yeah. I had advocated all sort of season that Kenneth Fareed probably should get more minutes than he did because when he was in there, he produced. But it's obvious that, that he wasn't a part of the program, Brian. Like, mm-hmm. we sort of saw this, and there's, like, some indication. So Ian Eagle was on a podcast. I forget which one. Maybe City Game. Um, I believe that's what it was, where he talked about before Fareed got – the news that Fareed was getting cut, he mentioned something like Ian Eagle did about, you know, Fareed um, isn't really a part of the program. Yeah. And some some inference like that. And, you know, Ian's pretty savvy with that stuff. He's not just going to just say that offhand um, unless if he kind of has some knowledge. So we knew this was maybe going to happen. It has. Now, now the end result is that the Nets have dead salary cap space taken up by Kenneth Freed, not great, um, that damages what types of trades they can do. Because if they were going to do something at the trade deadline and they did not want to really damage their core or really any of their pieces that they really used in the game, we're talking about Damari Carroll, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, any of those guys. If they didn't want to touch any of those guys and just wanted to add someone into the mix, 
Fareed's contract would have made it a lot of sense for most teams. Kent Bazemore trade, whatever. You do Fareed's contract and the Nuggets' first-round pick, you get Kent Bazemore maybe. That's not going to happen. So what type of trades could happen would have to – you would have to assume someone, and the Nets don't have the space to assume anyone. They have to send someone out. They don't really have the contracts anymore to send someone out. There's not – you know, like you could argue Shabazz Napier could be sent out in trades because – when Levert comes back, he's not going to be as useful, but he is playing pretty well for the Nets. Yeah. Anyways, we're spending too much time on this, but the point is he was about 20 inches of vertical away from being Reggie Evans and good riddance. So forget that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie Evans is the original yeah. uh, the original villain of this show. Yeah. Um, figures prominently. Let me grab this one thing. By the way, I just want to mention one thing. Magic game, right? Um, so... One, the Nets record is like, it's actually better than it should be. Uh, the Nets should be closer to 500 than they are, but they're, they're playing so well. They have, they've played in the most games that are as tight as they are at the end of the fourth quarter than any team in the league. But here's who the, the just I was just thinking about who the Magic have taken in the draft and who their teams have become where the Nets have not had that opportunity. Aaron Gordon was the fourth overall pick. Hazonia was the fifth overall pick, not on the team anymore. Sabonis was the 11th overall pick, not on the team anymore on a trade. Victor Oladipo was the second overall pick, not on the team anymore in a trade. Jonathan Isaac was the sixth. Mo Bamba was the sixth. All these guys that have taken in the top eight of the draft, none of them are on the team anymore. Or some of them are on the team. Some of them are off the team. Where the Nets are trotting out, Damari Carroll, Ed Davis... You know, sort of like the the grungy vets or rec pickups, um, and the, it's it's a clear like it's a clear example of like the Nets are doing something well, even though beyond the win win streak, the Nets are doing the absolute correct thing. It's it's so enjoyable. This is like this really is the best pace, case possible scenario besides having a young LeBron in your team. It's just having a team that's enjoyable underdog winning games and not like and like you you can't really hate anyone on the team you can't be disappointed by anyone because they're all like scrap heap dudes um you want to do some news around the league or we got some email um i can queue up some emails um so (laughs) sure boy sure boy um steph steph for nn um beautiful So thank you for for uh, writing in, Steph, um, at netspod at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. So recently I got lost. This is Steph writing. So recently I got lost in a rabbit hole on YouTube of NBA fights, a thing, Steph, I often do myself. So you're in good company here. <clears throat> and now I'm worried the Nets may need a fighter for a playoff push. The team <laughs> plays a rough, gritty style of basketball, but I don't know if we have a real uh, go-to guy in case of physical altercation. Naturally, I think Carol and Ed Davis can hold their own in combat, but after then, the list is shaky. RHJ has a physical build to throw down, but he seems like a nice guy. He even cried when LeVert got injured, so I'm not sure he really has that dog in him. Um, I love that that's like uh, like seeing your friend get hurt versus, you know, that those are those are definitely separate things. It's um, a good idea. Anyways, Napier does have that dog, but he's lacking the build or height of a Davis or RHJ. D'Lo Harris, Travion Rohde, and Allen will strike me as nice guys. And while Dinwiddie has the cocky butthole kind of persona going on, I don't really see him as a tough guy. So here's a list of some potential trades we can make to bring in some bad boys. Um, I'm just going to name the names of the bad boys he's looking at. Uh, Markeith Morris. 
Beautiful. Um, and James Johnson. Love it. And Love Zaza, of course, Zaza Pachulia. Um, yeah, Zaza. Zaza's the ultimate. Uh, Zaza's not like a tough that. guy, though. He's just like a a like oaf. He's like a, you know, hapless, like, like does he get into like proper fights very often? I know he had like one or two, but he's, he mostly just like trips people over and they all get angry at him. Yeah, he's just an antagonist. He's just like... He, he, I don't he, think he I actually it. I don't even think he's an antagonist because I think he's really it's like um like what is that manslaughter it's like t- he's totally negligent that's what I really think it is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no I do think I I I know I'm pretty sure he 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 knows what he's doing you think he's so a goon he's a big old goon it's know. fine they're so rare to have goons now but he is a goon he is a legitimate goon sure. um do the Nets need a guy who can punch I think Trayvon Graham is. Uh, silent but deadly, as as is Ed Davis. I would not discount Ed Davis in a second. I think the Nets have some grinders and some scrappers. Um, I know D'Angelo Russell is not one of them. Uh, he would not be the guy. He'd be a Carmelo Anthony type, if you know what I mean. Um, All right, let me stop you there, Mike. Okay, because the real answer to this question is there's nobody in the NBA. It doesn't matter if you have good fighters or not because nobody's actually going to sit there and watch you fight someone to the death. Like it's freaking hockey or something. <laughs> so what you need is people to slip in and out. I think that's the point. And if people like, you know, Brandon Ingram are getting into fights and whoever else, and you know, it's we don't actually need the fight. You just need, well, to our earlier point, an antagonist. Um, I don't. I agree that we don't have one of those. Um, it may be better that we don't for the collective chemistry. Um, but. Yeah, I think I think less less actual fighters and more just jerks. That's that like because you know as the old Rod Thorne um, math went, uh, only one knucklehead per team. Um, I don't know that we have it. We kind of like Farid was our knucklehead, but he was just lame, so we sent him packing. Um, now we need a proper a proper knucklehead. Um, so, anyways, we'll we'll keep our eyes out. We don't want to spend too much time with Mike's. Got to go. He's got a baby. He's like you know ready to ready to jump at the crib. So. Anyways, what's the, what's the news around the league, Mike? Uh, real quick news around the league here. Uh, the, the, we got a sort of thing that popped out by Woj a couple of days ago that the Grizzlies are listening to offers from Marcus Gasol and Mike Connolly. Gasol has a player option for next year. He's making $24 million this year, 25.6 next year player option, but there's some indication that he may not take that player option. He'd rather be a free agent. Mike Connolly has two more years after this year worth $67 million. Sixty-seven. Brian, mm. for the next two years. Let's just say all it would take is salary matching and a first-round pick, whether it be the Nets or Nuggets. Would you want either of those guys giving up a first-round pick and matching salaries for either of those two players? Sorry, which two players? Marcus Gasol, Mike Connolly. No. Exactly. <laughs> um it is funny that we're at this moment. I would like Marcus Saul, but I don't. He's not actually playing that well, and that's a lot of money. And I actually, I'd rather not be paying him twenty six million dollars next year. Just don't. I don't want to. It's just not. We're how I would we're in this ob- obnoxious position now, where we get to like. <clears throat> there's no reason <laughs> not to believe that we're not. You know, we have like this, this like hashtag system that we can rely on. Then we don't need to be overpaying for vets. You know, who are slightly past their prime. It's just. It's just not where we need to be in this life. Well, sort of the, the best way that the Nets could actually become like a real contender in the East would be that they sign one free agent 
and then take a couple of the pieces that we all love dearly and hold them so close to our heart and trade them to another team to get then another guy who is either on his rookie deal about to be a free agent and then they, the Nets can extend him or something like that. Um, I will say there was something like what well, I think like Spencer Dinwiddie or Devin Booker put up a thing about D'Angelo Russell should be a, uh, an all star. I think it was on Instagram or Twitter, social media platform. Don't know. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant liked it, liked either the photo or the tweet. Carl uh, Anthony Towns commented on Devin Booker's tweet about D'Angelo Russell, saying something like "That guy nice." That's what Carl Anthony Towns said. Carl <laughs> uh, Anthony Towns from New Jersey. Maybe Nets fan, don't know. Could check into that, do more investigation. The pool of potential players who may be available was once very tiny. It was large, then got tiny because Kyrie said he would return. Clay Thompson seems like he's going to return. Kevin Love has returned. Kevin Durant, we don't know. Maybe getting larger. Maybe names out there that we don't necessarily realize. You know, like in Game of Thrones when we were like, it's just the Starks and the Lannisters. Yeah, there's the Baratheons, but the Baratheons are really just the Lannisters because incest. Hashtag incest. Well, Carl Anthony Towns, maybe he's a Martell. Maybe he's a, um, I don't know, somewhere else, guy from the East. I don't know. Somewhere out there. Maybe he's a Dothraki leader. He's just out there. We don't, he's not on the chessboard right now. But he's he's a guy who is going to be invading the shores of Brooklyn, and we just don't know it. Jesus. We just think we're only thinking of the Lannisters and Starks. Well, here's here's my feeling. I mean, obviously Tobias Harris is the other name that's out there that <clears throat> that is pro- is maybe the Dothraki you're talking about, but I I can't I don't know who else it could be. Um, yeah. But so the feeling that I have now is like you know looking at all these teams that it seems to be like the three headed monster has been an archetype of the of this like last decade of basketball or whatever, since, since the, the Boston Celtics of 2008 or whatever. Um, this, this team seems uniquely built to sustain just a, you know, not a big three, but a big one. And then like a super deep and even rest of the roster. So I, I, to Spencer Dinwiddie's earlier point, I mean, the Kevin Durant thing seems perfect. And if not, like, I don't want to start, you know, shipping off guys for, you know, to have two, sort of you know one b superstar guys like i i I don't even really want to be giving up assets for like and it's not on the table or whatever but like guys like Harry irving guys like jimmy butler and things like that like i'm not that interested right now it's like we have this like we're in this insane new position this is a new paradigm that we're at where we get to be like i don't know if we want to mix it up too much with these guys um adding one part to this to this collective whole is something that's very attractive obviously adding a bunch of parts and removing other parts is really not attractive to me right now. Yeah. And it depends on what you move and like, we'll have to have this discussion another time. I want to give D'Angelo Russell three more weeks of basketball before I really put a nail in this coffin, but it's like him playing as well as he has recently. If it continues, how does that impact what this team should do? Not what they will do, but what they should do. Um, because you know, there's still there. He's definitely embraced by the fan base, and he matters a lot to the team. But I have a feeling that like, if people could have Kyrie Irving over D'Angelo Russell, like if that's the discussion, not saying it is, people would rather have Kyrie Irving, and I'm, that's not wrong. But if D'Angelo continues to play at this level, 
he almost becomes probably does become someone the most important guy to retain services or to take in than anyone else it, it is because, wrong no it's it's wrong if you're if you're arguing to supplant like just a one-for-one Kyrie Irving for for D'Angelo Russell at this point that's that's I think missing a lot of what the like sort of specialness of this team is that like our star player was born in this darkness you know with the rest of them and <laughs> and and when he's Bane yeah and when the only thing that they were playing for was like progression progressing this like you know nebulous culture business uh he was there taking the most public lumps being benched in the fourth quarter and stuff for reasons that are still kind of unknown but one can has to assume like he wasn't playing the team ball that he ought to have been or or something to that effect um adding Kyrie Irving and taking away D'Angelo Russell I don't think moves the needle in the right direction for for those kinds of lessons and that kind of synergy and it and this has changed over the past month. This is the biggest change, yeah, I think, totally. overall. I mean, this is, is all new. This is, I mean, like, in the post-Karis Levert injury reality, this is, this, is all, this is all new. I mean, we were, when we were talking about when Jimmy Butler was mentioning the Nets, um, I wouldn't touch Jimmy Butler, really, with a pole right now. Um, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, he's the most dead-to-me, dead-to-me guy out there. Like, I'd rather have Enos Cancer than... Uh, Jimmy Butler this week. That's anus cancer worked. to you. Come on. Yeah. I, I, I'm not even kidding. Um, and I sort of talked about this. I, and I, This hasn't gotten enough press, okay? And it should. And I, if I was editor of the internet, this is what I would be talking about. This is what I'd be demanding people talk about. Is Again, I talked about this last time. Kevin Durant continues to be linked to the Knicks, right? We keep that. That is a discussion that is being had. He's also being linked to the Clippers, which I totally get. I would, I do understand because the Clippers are the Nets East at this point. Um, they're very interesting. They haven't been as long running in sort of building this infrastructure as the Nets have been. They've been done it a different way, but I get that. But if Durant seriously does go to the Knicks, that is one of the, you could say, bravest decisions. Um, a basketball player has made in free agency. But to me, it would be one of the more ignoring the warding sign decisions in the history of the NBA. The Knicks are just a horrible franchise. Anus cancer, anus cancer. It's anus. It's anus. He, he got DMP'd against the Rockets last night. We're recording this on a Thursday. He got DMP'd against the Rockets last night. He came out and said, I don't even know why I'm here. I'm being disrespected. You know, I'm just being told to cheer my teammates. This is different than Kenneth Fareed, where, like, Cantor produced for the team this year, and they're just benching him because they're tanking. Well, you know what's interesting, um, too? It's, like, the whole fan base. Like, <clears throat> this is why I, th- I find the Knicks so endlessly fascinating. It's because their fan base, a, a, a significant portion of them, will actually uphold their nonsense. Like, I was, like, looking at posting and toasting when that was happening, and they are like, yeah, you guys have no idea how bad Ennis Cantor sucks. I was like, what? <laughs> like, why? Like... Like, I mean, no, first of all, but, like, the idea that you just sort of like took the bait hook, line, and sinker like that is, like, remarkable to me. That that they even have an audience for that anymore is, is still shocking to me. And that's the thing. So, if Durant goes to the Knicks, it's worse than him leaving Oklahoma City Thunder to go to the Warriors. You know, I completely would have – I defended that move because it he went to the perfect basketball situation. How could you really be that upset? But he would be going to the Knicks only because they play at MSG. And that's not – I mean, I understand it, but, like, they are trash. 
No one knows what Porzingis is going to be like when he comes back. People talk about Kevin Knox as if he's the next Durant, but what has he done this season? Alonzo Trier's DMing guys on Twitter who insult hit the way he plays basketball. That came out after this Rockets game. Kevin, Kevin Knox that, is the, – the like allure of Kevin Knox is hilarious to me because he's just like a classic like chucker on a bad team. Like prototype, He's just like – he's just had enough wherewithal to get there sooner, but he's, his – like field goal percentage is like forty or something. He's not like he's just a volume chucker. It's he's, he's yeah. a Loch Ness monster type, which is just like a figment of your imagination. He's not real. He's yeah. you. I mean, he may end up being good. You know, fine. I, I totally get that. But like he, people remember in summer league, people were like, "Oh my god, is this McGrady but taller?" Mm-hmm. It was like not that we don't not right now. Maybe in eight years, but not right now. Um, I don't know. I gotta go, but. Let's put a pin on this next conversation because it's going to continue to develop. But honestly, we're going to post in toasting ourselves. I'm going to continue to at Kevin Durant every time someone congratulates the Nets for how well they built this team because he needs to know and he should recognize because I, I believe in Kevin Durant's basketball spirit. The same man who picked the to go to to take on as much criticism as somebody knew he was going to get by going to the Warriors, by losing to the Warriors, then going to the Warriors. That same guy cannot be the person that then goes to the Knicks because he wants to play in front of Spike Lee. Cannot be the same guy. The same guy would look at it and be like, if I'm going to go somewhere, I'm going to go somewhere that's developing something special. Let's, let's it may that, not be the Nets, but it could be the Clippers. It should be the Nets. What's that? Uh, is it Q rating that you talk about? The Tom Hanks? Q rating. Yeah. Yes. The Q rating Tom decision Hanks. is to go to the Nets over the Knicks. That's, that's, that's the, the boost to your, to your PR team's dreams. I don't know. Let's get out of here. What are we doing? All right. Well, have a great night, Brian. Thank you. Let's go, Nets. Thanks thanks for having me on, Mike. All right. Uh, Nets play the Knicks and the Celtics. If they win both games, the Nets are never going to lose again. Thank you all for listening. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Yeah, boy.